You are listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church, located at 3144 South Home Avenue in Berwyn, Illinois. We invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9 o'clock a.m. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's story talks a lot about our Savior as he's very, very young coming into the temple. Now the temple was an important part of God's plan for the nation of Israel. When, when God had come to them, he wanted to be his, their God and them his people. And he wanted to dwell with them. And part of that was actually having a place where they could say, this is where God is. And so while Israel was wandering in the wilderness, they had a place where they could do that. They called it the tabernacle. It's where this box, the Ark of the Covenant was. And they, wherever they were, they could point at the tabernacle and say, that is where God lives. And when they came to the promised land after Solomon had built a temple, it no longer was a tabernacle or a tent. Now it was a building in the middle of Jerusalem. And they could point at this temple and they could say, that is where God lives. And that's why Israel was supposed to go to the temple all the time to worship. There were festivals and feasts and all sorts of things they were supposed to do. And we see also Jesus coming to the temple to go to God's dwelling place where his parents offer that sacrifice. Now it's the dwelling place of God that our psalm is describing today. It talks about, in the psalmist's mind, about the temple how the dwelling place of God was there, the Ark of the Covenant, where they could say, that is where God lives. But in the age after the temple, after Jesus has come, we know that God's dwelling place is no longer over by an ark or behind a wall. God's dwelling place is where Jesus is. He is the new temple. And where he comes, that is the dwelling place. And so we know that wherever two or three gather together, when God's people come together in worship, that's where Jesus is. That's where he comes to you to give you his peace, where he brings to you forgiveness and salvation and hope and joy. It's where God's people gather together, that is the dwelling place of God. And the psalm talks about what that dwelling place is for. Here's what it says. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. The psalmist is saying... The only thing that can satisfy his soul is the dwelling place of God. The only thing that can satisfy the soul is the dwelling place where God comes to us. You see, the, the beauty of God's dwelling place, the beauty of coming to worship, is that God comes to you and gives you the relationship you can't get any other way. He gives you his salvation, his joy. He comes to you 
to unite with you perfectly and wholly. People try to get in any other way. If you look at the Bible, they try to do all sorts of ways to get their own, uh, their, their own soul's fulfillment. Right away in the beginning, Eve decided that the relationship with God wasn't what would fulfill her, so she sought after knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil, when she ate from the fruit of the tree. We see Solomon chasing after all sorts of alliances, going after other gods, as if those things could satisfy him. We see the Pharisees going after power to make sure that this guy, Jesus, doesn't take over. But it doesn't work. Our soul only rests when it rests in God's presence. Because it's only there that he gives us the peace and the joy and the relationship that fills our soul. It's in the dwelling place of God here in worship. And we know it's true. We know that our, we long for something bigger than the material things of the world. I was just having a conversation, uh, actually right before our worship service here, talking about how many people chase after money. You know, you got the idea that if only I had a million dollars, then I could be happy, right? But you know people who win the lottery? They're miserable. Their lives fall apart because suddenly they think everything is solved, and it doesn't. That's because those things we chase after, they cannot fulfill our soul. Only God satisfies. And he does it here, in this place, or wherever God's people gather together. Not behind walls, not places where there's an altar, but where God's people come together. And he comes to you and satisfies your soul. Because where they gather, that's the dwelling place of God. The psalmist continues, he says, Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. The dwelling place of God is the place where everyone finds a home. Everyone finds a home. From the weakest to the greatest. The psalmist used the example of the sparrow, the smallest of the birds, just this tiny thing, and he finds a place to live there. And when we look at ourselves, the human race, it's the weakest and the most broken that seem to have trouble finding a place to fit. When their lives are just screwed up, and they feel like they can't turn to family or friends for the shame of it, God's dwelling place gives them a home. When we hurt everyone around us, when we we make the kind of mistakes that makes people get rid of us, God's dwelling place gives us a home. 
when we live a life of achievement and going after everything, then you get everything you want and it leaves you empty and you've left behind all the important things and you look back and you go, what have I done? God's dwelling place gives you a home. Because the dwelling place is where Jesus loves you. Where Jesus gives you eternal life. Where he forgives you for all the crap. Where he heals every broken thing. The dwelling place is where we come together and love each other because Jesus is here. And it's that place where Jesus comes to you that is your home. Pastors know this very well. We are, we are uh, a little different in the way that we view our homes uh, because we're sent all over the, the countryside sometimes. Many pastors uh, average at about three or five years as they travel around. And one of the things is that when you leave your home, this, for me, this place, you people, are my home because this is where God comes to us and binds us together. Suddenly we have a new home. We're sent to a new place where we have a new family. And you might think, oh, well, that's, that's abrupt. How could you leave behind a family? Aren't you supposed to love them and care for them? Yes. And we do. But when a pastor leaves, he has a new family. Because that's what God does. It's not about sentiment or emotion or love for individuals. It's about the place where God is. In fact, we're supposed to leave that all behind so that the new pastor can be their person. So the new pastor can be their spiritual head. And we're not meddling in that congregation. And that's how dramatic this, this place, the dwelling place is, is because it is Jesus who makes us a family. Not our ties together, but our Savior. That's how much of a home it is. Is that it's in Him, everyone is welcome and accepted. And it's in His dwelling place that we become a family. The psalmist continues, Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, that doesn't make a ton of sense, does it? This is actually a situation where the translators are like, I don't know what this means, it's time to punt. Because the Valley of Baca could be a couple of things. On one instance, it could be the Valley of Balsam Trees, which is really great, right? That helps us a lot. But Baca also is, is the word for weeping. And so instead of, instead of choosing one or the other, like, oh, we'll just call it a place name. Yeah, that makes it easy. But in this situation, right, it seems like it must be that valley of weeping. Because when they go through the valley of weeping, it's supposed to be a place of springs, a place where joy is, a place where you go from strength to strength. And that's what God's dwelling place does. It wouldn't matter 
if you went from strength to strength in a place where it's just nice forest trees. But it does matter when we walk through the valley of weeping. Sounds a little bit like a psalm you probably know pretty well. Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's God's dwelling place. That is what gives us peace when we're going through the valley of weeping. Because when God sends us out, we know that life is not always going to be good. We know that friends of ours will get sick, and we're going to mourn that, and it's going to hurt. But God gives us strength through that valley by this dwelling place when he sends us out. We know that we are going to get hurt. Maybe we're going to have stress about everything that's going on in our lives, but God gives us strength because we come to his place and he fills us with his promise and sends us out into the world. We know that all sorts of problems will happen, but every time we go through this valley of weeping, when we come from the dwelling place of God, he strengthens us through this and gives us his peace. The psalm talks about the hearts uh, in whose hearts are the highways of Zion. And what that means is that we have strength when our hearts are always thinking about the road back to the dwelling place, on our way out or on our way back. Because he gives us strength in every time of trouble. Finally, the psalmist says, Behold our shield, O God, look on the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Finally, it says, God's dwelling place, where his people gather in worship, is the only thing we need. God's dwelling place is the only thing we need in life. Because everything else comes and goes, doesn't it? We can have money one day and not the next. We can have family one day and not the next. We can be on the top of the world and the next day have so much stress, no, no massage therapist could ever get rid of it. Everything comes and goes. But there's one thing that is always there, one place where God's people gather that will always love and accept you, one promise that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ will raise you even from the grave. And that is here, where God's people gather together, where the dwelling place of God comes to you. And the joy of this is that we can say the very same thing that Simeon said when we gather together here. Because we come and we see the presence of God, we see the joy of God, and then we leave this place with that in our hearts. And that's the, the beauty of the sacrament that we celebrate here. You'll notice that after we take the Lord's Supper, 
we sing that very same song, Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace, because this is where God gives us his promise and sends us out into the world knowing that we have solid ground because we've been in the dwelling place of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church. For more information about getting involved, please visit concordiaburwin.org. Like us on Facebook at Concordia Lutheran Church and Little Lambs.